Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 106, and today we'll be talking about the test. I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Don't you mean something more like feels, Universe GC? Hmm, the feels. Well, as a robot, I am, I am, you know, I find human emotions to be really complicated. What was that one Pearl quote? Like, I don't understand your human relationships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they stole that line from me. <laughs> they just observed your daily interactions with the, you know, normal populace. And it's like, we can, we can use that. But, you know, if, if, if we're talking about feels, I can tell you that I feel like Pearl's dialogue was really awkwardly written in order to incite Stephen to wanting a test. Um, not for me, actually. Like, I felt like it was a very nice characterization moment for Pearl to show just how bad she is at both lying and saying the right things to comfort people. Like, this isn't the first time. This isn't the last time. She's just bad. (laughs) And I love her for it. It's true. She did a fantastic job of saying exactly the wrong thing, but she had absolutely no reason to say, oh, we never would have used that. I mean, it would have been much more... It would have been much more normal for her to say, we never would have brought you uh, if we had known how bad that place was going to be. But instead, it's like, no, no, I have to use the T word to set Steven off, so I'm going to use the T word. Well, that's just because Pearl is bad at lying. She's bad, not just at lying in a sense, but also not telling the full truth or manipulating the way she says things so that people don't infer the truth. Like, that's a big part of lying is not just saying things that are wrong. It's like manipulating how people will interpret things, like a sense, in a sense, deception. And Pearl is bad at that. Pearl is very bad at that. So like, if Pearl were to say that she didn't watch Steven when he was sleeping, that would be like, wait a minute, why are you mentioning that? (laughs) <laughs> but and then there's also the whole it should have been even easier is a again very awkward phrasing usually pearl doesn't phrase things that awkwardly and b steven she didn't say you failed an easy test weren't you listening she said you failed a test that was much harder than they thought it would be no wait i don't understand that i think pearl very clearly said that the test was so supposed to be easy oh the even easier okay that's you're you're listening to the even and i'm listening to the easier yeah and um i don't know like this episode really resonated with me kind of like in a lot of ways and i think like the biggest thing about it was definitely the end like the whole how it built up the atmosphere of you know steven wanting to prove himself steven wanting to prove himself to the gems and prove that he can be a gem like And then the kind of build up to that, realizing it was false, and then the whole like kind of, you know, distorted, you know, surrealist, like being outside the, um, the cell of a video game. The no clip. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like that created a kind of, you know, you know, surreal quality to it all. And then when he saw the gems talking, it was like something really big and something really big in Steven changed where like... I think there comes a time in, like, every kid's life where they realize that their parents are just human and that they have the capacity to be more mature than them. And that happens to kids sometimes very young. And, you know, for better or for worse, it's, like, it's interesting how, you know, Stephen saw this and, you know, he was able to have the maturity to 
not make it about him because he had been making it about him this whole time when it was really about the gems it was the gems yeah. not wanting to they didn't want to prove they don't they didn't need steven to prove himself like they totally believed in his abilities what they wanted to do was to you know like improve steven's feelings it was about steven's feelings not theirs and the funny thing is he it was shown just how much they needed a victory how their confidence was flagging yeah and so in a way steven proves himself to himself in this episode yeah, what, like, he essentially proves, because while he was, you know, insecure about, like, his abilities and, you know, everything about that, the gems didn't care. Like, they were totally proud of him. They are totally proud of, you know, what he's done so far. And the gems themselves, they were insecure about their parenting. Like, they, you know, Rose left them this huge responsibility of, you know, training and raising this, like, you know, gem-human hybrid that they don't understand. And, like, that's their insecurity, and Steven understood that, and he made it about comforting them, because once he realized that, of course they trust him, of course they believe in him, he wanted to prove to them that, of course, they were good parents, or good guardians, yeah. essentially. But I was just thinking, man, even if that temple hadn't been rigged to protect him, that the Steven from, say, Bismuth or Steven versus Amethyst, you know, around the fairly recent episodes would have been able to get through those test chambers without any trouble. Yeah, I think Steven, um, it was just one tiny mistake. Like, one little thing that went wrong that caused him to realize it. And that's the thing, like, he could have messed up any part of the test and it would have been completely obvious. There would have been ways for him to do it, but I think that one at the end, it's almost like, did Garnet trigger this intentionally? Because that's one with a supremely obvious fail state. If you're running from a boulder and, you know, it slows down a little like it did to avoid hitting you, you're not going to see it. If you're dashing through the sights, you might think, oh man, I thought that one had me, but I guess it didn't. Unless you, like, face plant yeah, into Garnet's, it and go through yeah, it. Yeah, Garnet's room, in a sense, like... Well, no, because in Amethyst's room as well, if he hadn't have made the ledge, it would have been really obvious to him. Mm. Like, he would have seen where his feet were landing and, you know, he would have missed it. Or he would have he would have seen it. He might not have been looking. True. I don't know. I think I think that one spiky from the top was the most obvious. I mean, it has no way for him to not... Well, it's very difficult for him to not notice that thing. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like, you know, these tests weren't... Like, what they could have done is they could have, you know, in a sense, pushed Steven out of the way. Or... Yeah. Like, you know, made it so it looked like he did just, you know, make it. But, um... No, it was, you know, a lot of things could have gone wrong and, and Steven would have realized that. And I guess, like, the gems were so preoccupied with, um, you know, getting his confidence up and, you know, making sure he's not going to kill himself in the process. Like, they didn't quite realize that that's what he would see. Yeah, whoops. And I mean, imagining, you know, Garnet's future vision, she did see a possibility where Steven found out about it and confronted them and, you know. Hmm. But, yeah, this is, this is an, this is a weird episode for me because I like it. But you mentioned the surreal, qual surreal quality, and I, I guess we can't really get away from mentioning the reference to the end of Evangelion at the end of the episode with all the congratulations going on. Yeah, I never watched. Evangelion. Nor I, but everybody loves to talk about that, so, you know, I, yeah, like I, I the have theme. seen the clip. The theme is good for Mimi, but that's about <laughs> it. But, yeah, again, the episode's really surreal at a couple points so you know kind of 
doesn't feel as real as some of the other episodes. Um, Future Vision kind of has its moments, and we'll be talking about it next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's next week, so we should save it for that one. But um, what got me for this episode was honestly the music. The music was like really amazingly composed. Like not only did each room have a different kind of background music according to which Gemma had made it. Like it, this is yeah. especially obvious in Garnets where you have that like deep bass rhythm or bass rhythm, and um, <laughs> and then the whole kind of like distorted, you know music when steven is outside the map was um also like it all created this like really interesting atmosphere that was like excellently crafted and put together to put in that final message that was had and it, like i don't know this episode just it all those things put together really resonated with me personally i liked the music when steven was doing his little march towards the end there you yes. got posted to the soundcloud account very nice. Yeah, I was absolutely expecting him to confront the gems and, you know, all that. But, you know, the actual ending turned out to be a lot better than that. You know? So, no. You know, that was weird. I got the idea that he had decided to do what he ended up doing. But it was that they, like, made me think, oh, wait, is he actually going to confront them? With the, you know, the way he marched up to them and said, I can't believe you guys. But then it's like, oh, no, here we go. Good old Steven will... Good old Steven, always there for his guys. <laughs> yeah, he loves them, and he understands that they love him, and they'll do anything for him. And that theme is, like, one of my favorite themes in any Steven Universe episode. Like, we got that one in Steven Floats. Like, you know, he was trying to think of everything that made him happy, and, you know, he thought about his family. His guys. And he loves them. And that's just, that. that's always just so touching, because I'm a sucker for that. Would you play Kitchen Calamity if it were real? No, no, because it sounds too much like Mousetrap, where there's just so many rules, and it's so complicated. Like, I I, I relate to the Crystal Gems being like, what is this game? Like, congratulations for winning, we're, we're not sure how you did it, but, you know, good job. It's like that episode of Spongebob, where that opens with Spongebob and Patrick um, doing all sorts of crazy things, until Squidward asks them, what game are you playing? And they have no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like, that's like children's play. You know, kids do that all the time. They'll just like do random stuff for no reason, just because it's fun. But, um. But they're talking about points. True. True. But yeah, this is, this is a board game version of that. <laughs> I don't know. Don't wake father figure. Sounds like fun. Oh, yeah, all the board games that Steven listed off in the closet were fantastic. Everyone, real gold. N yeah, not that sorry. <laughs> Don't wake father figure, non-invasive operation. <laughs> I, that, was, that was just, you know, a little nugget of gold. It has to go mm -hmm. appreciated. Ah, did we pound it into a hand can opener? I need to check my suit for the alphabet bonus. <laughs> hmm. I mean, like, I don't have that much to say about this episode besides, like, you know, that main theme that was really, that really got to me, and, um, the little things, the little things that were funny. I liked that Steven said, Rumoro Uno. Yeah, that was good. I, I was hoping some, one of, one of us would remember to mention that. <laughs> now, what do you think of a hypothesis I had back when the episode first aired, but... I noticed that both Pearl and Garnet had rooms that seemed to be heavily inspired by 
things that were found in the uh, the temple from Sirius Stephen, while Amethyst had something that was very clearly inspired by Indiana Jones, so human culture. Yeah, Amethyst, you know, taking inspiration pop culture, like, that, that, that makes sense. Um, I don't remember the temple, like, I don't remember there being swinging axes. Or no, you're talking about the temple in the strawberry field. Yeah, from Sirius Stephen. Huh. Yeah, you do have a point there. Um, I don't remember their part being any kind of music puzzle or axes, but yeah, the lava room. Definitely. Well, we didn't see all, we only ever saw three of the rooms. So there, and there were the lighting up floor tiles, at least. Pearl may have added music to them, or there may have been a music puzzle in there. But we do know that he would have been familiar with the concept of floor tiles lighting up and having to go on the correct tile. Well, that's the thing. Like, that that kind of struck me as, just, you know, Stephen is incredibly musical. Like, I think Rebecca Sugar confirmed that Stephen has perfect pitch. And, you know, even Pearl made it a complete failsafe for the music tiles. Like, she could at least made it so, like, it go just, like, if you got the wrong note and he'd have to try again. But, you know, she made it so he'd get it no matter what. And, you know, that was kind of like, really? You know Steven. He's, like, writing songs left, right, and left. <laughs> like, he's clearly very musical. You know, she she should have she should have busted out one of the corrupted gems and put it into a little ukulele playing robot so Steven could have a, a uke off against it. Oh my god. Because <laughs> that's going to come up in missions. Dueling ukuleles. You know, it'll be like uh, it'll be like the devil went down to Georgia, but it'll be the, the homeworld came down to Beach City. Somebody needs to make somebody needs to make that fan come. No, somebody needs to make that fan song. It needs to be done. I will buy and learn how to play a ukulele if I have to. Zach Callison, will you ukulele duel me? The world is counting on you. Does Zach Callison even know how to play the ukulele? He better learn if he doesn't know how. So it's like, it's it's just an even match. Both of you have no ukulele experience besides what you've seen in Steven Universe. So it's like, what are you going to do? Well, obviously Zack's going to win. I'm just there to be a credible villain. God. I'm just saying, it needs to be done. Somebody has to do it. And if nobody else will do it, I have to rise to the challenge. So we've talked about Pearl's room a bit. We talked a, a smidgen about Amethyst's room. Let's 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 dial back and talk a bit about... What we learned about the temple rooms from Know Your Fusion, where we learned that Sardonyx's room is only there as long as she is. And, you know, they, they lit up all four of their gems to get Steven into this temple space. So this is theoretically where Alexandroid's room would be if she existed at the time. But obviously she doesn't. Hmm. But they still have control of that space, even if she's not around to kind of form the room. I, I guess it's kind of an innate formation. I think, um, you know, the Crystal Temple is, you know, very obviously comparable to a computer. Like, you can program a an algorithm that, you know, if A, B, and C are met, this will happen. So A, B, and C being Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl all came together to make the room produce the room. And so they all three have to be there to, you know, have access to that room. And then they just do a bit of coding. But for Sardonyx's room, it's not A and B, Garnet and Pearl. It's just Sardonyx. It's just it's just Q, or S in this case. It's like if A, B is like 
is true, then the room will exist. And if AB is not true, then the room will not exist. And it's that sort of um, algorithmic thinking that comes into how the room is made. So, so th I think theoretically, every gem has the capacity to make a room on their own, and then a room of the fusion, and then a room of another gem working together. I don't know. All I know is that we've seen, if, if we're counting the shorts as together a single episode, we've seen 111 episodes. Well, I guess 110, unless you double count Bismuth. Bottom line is we've seen more than 100 episodes, and we still know so little about the temple. We don't know what's so important about the crystal heart. I mean, we can assume it's a power source, but we're just guessing, really. Well, like, the whole temple, why was it made? Like, it it is kind of clearly made after the war because it has Amethyst's heart gem, but at the same time, like, why would they make a temple after the war? Where was their actual crystal gem base at the time? Like, Bismuth didn't recognize it, so it's possible that, um, you know, like, the whole crystal temple thing is something very new. Supposedly, it's still, you know, thousands of years old, but... Well, we know they had bases, so... I don't think that they just discovered, like, how to make extra-dimensional spaces like that just after the war. I, I figure that was old knowledge. I think, like, maybe every base had a sort of little area like that, and uh, Rose, Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl all came together to build, like, the ultimate base. But yeah, again, it's been a long time. Uh, they teased us right from episode four with Together Breakfast. They gave us a huge tour of the temple, and we didn't see any new places in the temple through all of season one. And even when we saw Reformed, it was just more, it was more empty rock that we saw, basically. That the slinker was tunneling through, or that with all the stalagmites and It was stuff. nothing we haven't seen before. Basically. I mean, we yeah, we could see the stalagmite field from, when, from Stephen's position trying to doggy paddle back up the waterfall or... You know, we could see it from the waterfall, so it wasn't new, it's just we'd never been down there before. And I, I just, you know, one of those one of those little mysteries that I would like to have answered before the show ends. Of course, of course. I mean, I want to know everything. Where's the, where's the series Bible? Print that and publish it. <laughs> where's the guidebook on everything ever that any fan has ever asked about the show? Hey, I still want my, I still want my field guide for gems that just has, you know... Pictures of the standard formation of every gem that they care to create a standard appearance for. And just like a one-page bio, like, what is this? You know, this is a quartz. You know, like, let's say for Jasper, they would tell us how Jaspers are different for quartzes, or different among quartzes. You know, what do emeralds do? What do bismuths do? You know, they're builders. What's yeah. everybody do? So, I yeah, like a, a guidebook that wasn't like Guide to the Crystal Gems, where it just talked about the characters, but like a guide to gems, gem making, gem formation, and all, and gem abilities. Yeah. Like it could talk about, because, you know, we saw in the beta kindergarten that gems come out different all the time. Like if you're going to make, you know, a thousand Jaspers, like you have to get really lucky to make one come out perfectly. Like you're going to get um wonky ones yeah, but if no, that's only if you're doing it haphazardly. If yeah, you if do you're it doing confidently, a rush you'll get good jaspers every time. Just not not as many, not all, not all the perfects, but they'll all be. I just want to see what's a standard jasper look like. What's a standard emerald look? Yeah, like? what are what common is... mutations or deformations that happen Ooh. in that type of gem? See, like how are they different? How are they similar to each other? Like all that kind of stuff. Oh, I would die for. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking a basic field guide to gems, but if we could have a more extensive guide to gems, that would be fantastic. They'd probably have to make it digital only. I, I can't imagine that they would have nearly as much demand for it as they do for the more child-oriented books that they've been having great success with, actually. I mean, what I want is, you know, like that Skyrim guide, which is, you know, like two inches thick, <laughs> weighs about 100 pounds, is huge, says about every quest in the game, every skill, every ability, every class, every play style, every location, all the lore, anything you could possibly know about Skyrim ever is in that book. I want that for Steven Universe. Somebody printed the UESP wiki. <laughs> Essentially, well, no, no, not quite, because <laughs> it doesn't tell you all the exploitable bugs. Speaking of speaking of books and speaking of the success they've had with their more child-oriented books, uh, Ms. Sugar did tweet out that the book they did for The Answer uh, made it onto the New York Times bestseller list. Wow. It's at, it's at number seven right now. Now, you know, I'm looking up at number six, which has been on the list for 30 weeks, and number eight, which has been on the list for 25 weeks. So I'm not sure how, I'm not sure if it can stay on there as long as these guys. It'd be awesome if it could, but... It got on the list either way. So we'll see if it's there next week. And uh, Have you read the answer book, GC? Oh, no, I have not. I, I, I've been meaning to buy it, though. It looks so cute. Yeah, so I like from my interpretation, it doesn't exactly add a lot more story or lore to what we saw in the episode, but it just sort of like tells the episode as if it was a children's book. Yeah, and they, they have their little running commentary about the story on the bottom. That's what I want to see. Mm. Oh, hey, Gravity Falls has uh, had a thing on the bestseller list for eight weeks, so there's hope for the answer yet. We'll see, we'll see what kind of bragging rights it accrues. Yeah, and I mean, Steven Universe is like currently one of the most popular internet fandoms to date, so like, I don't know if it's equal tone stuck at its peak, like that would take one hell of an achievement, but um, it's up there. So do you have... Any final thoughts about the test? We got Rumoro Uno out of the way, so. I want to know what would have happened if Steven had jumped off the edge of the map. Hmm. It probably would have... Hmm. Is it going to be like the void in Minecraft where, you know, you'll die after falling a certain amount? Or is it going to be like... I don't know. Are you it just... depends on what kind of... I mean, if he's already no-clipping out there, he there, he might not be affected by gravity if he doesn't want to be. We just don't know. But, yes, all in all, I think this is a good episode. Um, you know, the first episode of the podcast we ever did was about On the Run, which really shows how good Steven is at being a leader at that point. And I think it's this episode that really sets Steven on that path where he, you know, does what he has to do to increase the morale of his squad, basically. Yeah, I think it's like one of the last episodes where Steven really and truly hero worships the gems. Like, he still thinks they're awesome and amazing, but he sees them as human. Well, quote-unquote human. From the, this episode on, like, he realizes that they have flaws just like he does. So. Big, big growth moment for Steven. Yes, that character development. Again, it's... It was it was crazy watching the earlier episodes, just how much Steven had grown, even even back when we were going back to them. Mm -hmm. But he's physically come a long way since the test, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, none of those hits would have bothered him, even if they had been real. I think maybe a little bothered. Well, he could have floated 
They might have hurt his feelings. What? You know, just, why are these traps trying to hurt me? They hurt his feelings. Oh. It's like Jinx in League of Legends. That really hurt my feelings. Anyway. So, guys, listen to us next week. We'll be talking about future vision. And uh, after that, we'll be on to discussing the individual episodes of the Stephen Duke. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes. Later. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, Sophia, do you know the real reason why Sour Cream doesn't want to be a fisherman? Why, GC? Because he always drops the bass. I knew, I knew I wasn't going to get away with that one. I knew when I said bass that I, that was not going to be so easily forgiven. <laughs>